That is one good-looking dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you how weird it is. I'm just like, ugh. All right. We are so glad that you have joined us for the last of this short three-week series on the Lord's Prayer, teaching us about prayer called Amen. We're so glad you joined us here at all of our locations and all of you sitting on the beach in the mountains already starting your vacation or maybe you're driving down the road letting someone else hold the phone while you listen to this. We're so glad that you've joined us. I want to do what we've done the last two weeks to kind of give us a, a foundation to build from, just a reminder about prayer. Here's some things to know about prayer before we jump into the, the details of what this next part of the Lord's Prayer teaches us about prayer. It is so very needed. And we never forget that prayer is simply a conversation with God. That's it. It's, it's a conversation with God. Don't make it harder than it is. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. it. It really is that simple. It's also a mystery. We don't know everything about prayer. We don't understand how it works completely. We know a lot, but we don't know everything. When you're dealing with something that's supernatural, you're not going to understand it all. There is a part of mystery to it, and that's okay. Just embrace that. Embrace the mystery that comes with prayer and get comfortable with it. But also, prayer is sometimes public, like we share here. We've talked about how it is mostly private, just between you and God. Some of the most intimate thoughts, intimate feelings you'll ever have, you'll never share with anyone else. No one else will ever know or see or feel. You share that with God through prayer. But it's always, always, always personal. And today what we're going to do is talk about how deeply spiritual prayer is. And here's what I mean by that. I, I mean prayer touches places of the heart. It Deep places of your soul. Prayer helps you connect with what's going on inside of you, which is so much more important than what's going on around you, which is interesting because most of the time, what motivates our prayers are the things that are going on around us. Please, God, help that. Stop that. Fix that. Help them. Stop them. Fix them. I need more of this. I need less of that. And we talked about this last week. There's absolutely no problem at all coming to God with your needs. You should. However, God cares a whole lot more about what's going on inside of you than he does what's going on around you. His primary focus is inside you. That is a deeply spiritual place of the heart and the soul. And that's what we're going to focus on today. I've often wondered why people don't pray more, more often than we do, why, why I don't, why you don't. And it could be that we are intimidated. And, and the whole point of this series is to try to take that intimidation down a notch or two and bring some comfort. It, it could be that people don't pray to be crass because they don't feel like they need it. Well, I'm good. I'm good. I got it. I'm, I'm good. I, I really am. Things are going fine for me, but it's interesting. It's just when things are not going fine, that's when we call out to God in prayer. Or it could be that you're just so busy and you forget. You forget. I read something by Dallas Willard not long ago, and maybe that name means something to you. Maybe it doesn't. It means a lot to me. Dallas Willard is now passed on. He's with the Lord now. Uh, but for many years, he was the professor of philosophy at University of Southern, uh, University of Southern California, USC. And he said this. This guy's a deep thinker. I mean, a lot of his stuff is just hard to read. 
But he said this, and it was so powerful and simple. He said, the more we pray, the more we think to pray. Think about that. It's so simple, yet it's deep. The more we pray, the more we think to pray. Because you're cluing in to the neural pathways of the brain. The more you do something, the deeper the pathways, the stronger the pathways get. And it reminds you to do this. And so I, I honestly have to admit that this has been the single most challenging part of my own personal journey with God is prayer. That's where I've had the most questions. It's where I've had the most challenges. And it's where I've grown the most. And God is growing me the most. And maybe you can relate. So let's go back once again to the Lord's Prayer. Let's go back there again and see what else it teaches us about what to pray for when we pray and how to pray when we pray. Matthew records Jesus saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What we're going to do today is we're going to focus in on the part of the Lord's prayer that says, forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You're like, man, th those are, seems like two different topics. That, that seems like a lot for us to focus on. Actually, they are two different things, but they share a commonality. In that I believe these are the issues of the heart. These are the issues of the soul. When it comes to prayer and it comes to our lives, these two things are the most challenging, the most pressing issues that prayer touches on. This deals with the things that go on inside of us. Parts of ourselves that no one else sees. The parts that you don't talk about at parties. The, the places of the soul. Places of the heart. The things that you wish no one else knew or you hope they never find out. We're talking about forgiveness and temptation. I mean, isn't that deeply personal? The whole issue of forgiveness, both needing forgiveness and whether or not you're willing to forgive someone else, that's, that's private. That's very personal. And this whole thing of temptation, right? What's going on inside of you, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you are feeling pulled towards, deeply, deeply intimate, personal stuff. And so what we're going to do is we're going to begin unpacking these two things one at a time, and we're going to start with forgiveness. And I want to share a few thoughts with you about this forgiveness part, because it, again, something that touches the inside of us. And then we'll talk about temptation. Forgiveness is a huge part of prayer. I mean, just a major part of you talking to God. You're going to be talking to God a lot when it comes to this stuff about our sin and needing forgiveness and giving forgiveness to other people. I read about a guy named Mike who, when he was a kid, he prayed that God would give him a bike. A bike for Mike. He never got a bike. And he began to wonder, I wonder if this is how prayer really works. So he decided to steal a bike and ask for forgiveness. Because <laughs> he was sure forgiveness was a part of prayer. 
but I'm not quite sure that was how it was meant to work either. Right? Forgiveness is interesting. Forgiveness is like a double-sided coin. There's two sides of forgiveness. There's the part that you and I enjoy, and that is being forgiven. Sign me up for that. I love being forgiven. I I love, you know, when, when someone says, I forgive you. I mean, I can cozy up to that all day long. That makes me feel good about myself. Hey, I get a second chance. I get a new start. We can have a good evening now. You fill in the blanks. I love being forgiven. But the other side of the coin that comes alongside it, and you can't separate these two, and here's where it gets challenging. And it's like sandpaper to your teeth. Think about that. Is forgiving other people. Nah. (laughs) Wow, that's a whole different story. I mean, being forgiven is one thing, but forgiving others is a whole different thing. But both are necessary when it comes to prayer. Asking for forgiveness and then giving forgiveness. Here's what you need to know. It is assumed in the context of prayer, it is assumed that you are going to be as forgiving to other people as you want God to be to you. It's assumed that you are being as forgiving to him, to her, to them, as you are hoping God is going to be to you. These two words... Forgive us our debts as we, those two words, as we, while we're in the process of assuming that we are forgiving others as well, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, as we. It is assumed that you're not going to ask God to do something for you that you're not willing to do for someone else. It is assumed That you're not going to go to God and say, God, could you forgive me? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I know I'm not willing to forgive her because you know what she said. That's just unforgivable. I mean, but God, I want you to forgive me. Really screwed up here. God, I really messed up. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not willing to forgive him. But but, but do you know what he did? That's unforgivable. See, there's two sides of one coin. Not forgiving others will hinder your relationship with God. In fact, let me be a little bit more clear. Because if you're reading the Lord's Prayer that Matthew records, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen, don't stop reading. The next two verses say this. If you forgive those who have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't, Forgive those who have sinned against you. Your heavenly Father will not forgive you. In other words, you won't be able to play God. You can't play God against himself. You won't be able to expect God and ask God to do something for you. You are not willing to do for others. So if you got, if you're holding, I mean, I know, I know you buried the hatchet, but you left the handle sticking out. So you're going to grab it and you whack it over on the head every time you get a chance, right? If you haven't forgiven him, if you haven't forgiven her, and we'll talk about that looks like in a minute. If you're not willing to forgive them, don't waste your time asking God to forgive your sorry butt. Because Jesus said, not Pastor Jonathan, but Jesus said, ain't going to happen. Because an unforgiving heart is in and of itself a sin that needs to be confessed and dealt with. 
Whew, ain't we having fun? You see, I'm telling you, it, that's matters of the heart. That's personal. Let me make a few more statements here that I, I think will help us kind of get our minds around this. Here's the truth. Here's a hard truth, convicting truth. God's forgiveness is refreshing when it's our own sin, but it's just downright frustrating when it's other people's sin. I wanted to put this up here because I'm not sure that we would be willing to admit this otherwise. See, forgiveness is a huge part of prayer. Forgive me as I forgive them. Okay, we gotta, we gotta be honest about something. When it comes to our sin, God forgive me. Oh, that's awesome. Sign me up for that. I want God to forgive me. Thank goodness there's grace for forgiveness. But when we think about God forgiving them, we go, wait a second. I'm not sure they deserve it. I'm not sure they're sorry enough. I'm not sure that they're sincere enough. I mean, me, me, I mean, I, I thank God for a second chance. I love the fact that God forgives me, but them, I, I'm not quite sure they deserve it. Oh, we cheer for forgiveness when it's our forgiveness coming to us. But do we cheer when other people are forgiven or are we skeptical? and go, eh, I don't know about that. I don't think she should be given another shot. I know about that. He doesn't deserve another shot. See, this is deeply personal, isn't it? Let me say it like this. Be careful not to judge those who sin differently than you do. Be careful not to pass judgment on someone else who chooses to dishonor God in a different way than you choose to dishonor God. Because here's what I know about you and me. We're real comfortable with our own sin. I mean, oh yeah, we're not perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh Lord, forgive me. And, and you know what? He will. He does. But we're not, we're not all that brokenhearted and torn up by what goes on in our own life. But man, did you hear what she said? Did you see what he did? Did you hear how they treated them? That's unforgivable. Really? Be careful, be careful. You say, but no, no, see, Pastor Jonathan, you don't understand. I would never do what they did. I would never say what they said. I mean, what they said, well, that just crosses a line. That just crosses a line. I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I haven't gone that far. Well, maybe not, but listen carefully. You've done enough. You've said enough to need forgiving just like them. And you don't want to get into this ranking of sin thing. Like, this is more sin, that's less sin, that's like a, a, a five, no, that's a seven. Oh, no, that's a nine point, oh, no, that's a ten. If you, do, you don't want to get into that. You, you just need to worry about your own mess and ask God to forgive you as you forgive those who also need forgiveness. And when God forgives someone else that you disagree with, that you can't think how, oh, how heinous it was that they said that, that they did that. Think of the most awful thing you've ever heard that someone said or did. You ought to cheer. We ought to cheer for God's forgiveness for them. Instead of trying to play God and go, eh, I don't know. One more thing. 
when it comes to this forgiveness thing, let's, let's make sure we understand what it is, what it's not. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. It's about treating them as if you have forgotten. Husbands and wives, listen carefully. Brothers and sisters, listen carefully. Friends and neighbors, listen carefully. It's not about forgetting. People who say, oh, you should forgive and forget. God wants us to forgive and forget. Where do you get that? Someone that talks about forgiving and forgetting has never truly been hurt. Not deeply enough. You've been hurt deeply enough. You never forget. You'll always know what they say, what they said, and how they said it, and where you were, and the time of day. You'll remember the scenario when they did it. You'll remember the moment when you read the email. You'll remember the moment when that text came through. You'll remember how you felt. You may even remember what you were wearing that day and what you had for lunch. Because we're human beings. It's not about forgetting. What is it about? It's about making a conscious choice to forget about it. To begin treating them as if we have forgotten. See, that's, that's different. And I would say that's better. That's an act of love. It's saying, yeah, I know what you said. Yes, I remember the day. Yes, yes. But I choose to forgive you and we're going to forget about it and we're going to move on. That's how God treats us. I was brought up, or just side note, okay? For those of you that maybe were raised in church and all that, maybe you've heard this. There are three passages in the scriptures that, that seem to say that God forgets, just has some kind of cosmic amnesia about our sin, that he doesn't remember it anymore. That's a misinterpretation of, of, of really what's going on there. It's not that God just doesn't know that we were sinners and that we did what we did. No, God has perfect knowledge. He knows everything. He knows everything. The deal is, is that God chooses to treat us as if he has forgotten. I mean, okay, remember King David, the story of the Old Testament, King David, this guy committed adultery. He was an accessory to murder. I mean, some, some really hairy stuff he got, he, he got mixed up in and, and God confronted him. He asked for forgiveness and God forgave him. Now, can you imagine going, if God was saying, you know, I'd forgotten all about that. King David, who, King David did what? I wish you preachers would stop preaching on King David because I forget. And every time you say it, it reminds me. And I'm trying to forget this. You guys stop talking about King David. No, that's not, no, it's not that, it's not that God doesn't know. It's better than that. He chooses to begin to interact with us as if it never happened at all. That's better than some cosmic amnesia. God's like, say what? You know, when I hear people say, I just can't forgive them. I just can't forgive them. I, I just can't. I mean, I, and I'm a forgiving person, but I'll never forgive him for that. I'll never forgive you for that. You know what they're really saying? You know what people are really meaning when they say that? They're not really meaning, I can't forgive you, because everybody can choose to forgive. We can all make the choice. What they're really saying is, in my mind, I can't conceive of being able to get to the place where I can treat you as if you didn't say that and you didn't do this. I, I can't conceive in my mind that our relationship would get to the place where you and I could not just go back to where it was before you said it or did it, but maybe even be better than, than then. I, I can't conceive of my mind that I would be able to treat you 
But here's the truth. Not only can you choose to forgive them, God can help you treat them as if you have forgotten. It's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a work of the Spirit of God within us. Now, doesn't mean you can always trust them. Doesn't mean there doesn't have to be healthy boundaries put in place for some extreme situations where people are, are, you know, not willing to come to grips with what they've done or said. But as far as you are concerned, prayer helps you remember to forget it. It helps us remember to forget about it. So we say, forgive me as I am forgiving them. It's assumed that both sides of the coin are at play. That I would never ask God to do for me what I'm not willing to do for someone else and God can help me forgive them as he forgives me. We track and see that's, that's deep heart, soul level stuff because prayer is deeply spiritual. Now let's talk about the second part. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a huge part of prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. At, at just a natural reading of that, you kind of do a double take and go, what? God is, I'm asking God to not lead me into temptation? Like, does God lead me into temptation? I'm asking him to what? Stop leading me into temptation? No, 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 no. Know this. When you're reading the Bible, when you're reading the scriptures, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, the best way to understand the scripture is the scripture. The best interpretation of scripture is more scripture. The, the way to understand what is really being said and going on here in this part of the Bible is to see what else is said about that same kind of thing. So you put it all together for a, a more complete picture of what's really going on. And so this does not mean in any way that God tempts us to sin. This does not mean that God leads us to a point where we do what's wrong and we choose what's unwise. No. In fact, Jesus' brother, James, when he wrote his letter to the Christians in the first century, he made that very clear, that God tempts no one to sin, that no one can honestly say, I sinned and God made me do it and God led me into this. No one can honestly say that because God tempts no one. Okay, well, if it's not that, then, then what's this about? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think the best explanation and the best way to understand this is through something that Paul wrote to a group of Christians in the first century. When he was talking to them about this whole thing of temptation. And this is what he wrote. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. But we could just stop right there and, and boy, we need that one. But look at this next part. And God is faithful. What is God faithful to do? He goes on. God will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. By, by the way, this is where, you know, that, that phrase, we've talked about this before, where people say, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. God will never give me, I know God will never give me more than I can handle. You know, we've debunked that before and said, no, that's, the scriptures don't say that in regards to your problems at all. In fact, God often will let you have more than you can handle because if we didn't, we wouldn't need him. 
There'd be no need to pray. There'd be no need to call out to him. And there certainly wouldn't be a need to trust. So God often, that's how we grow. That's how we mature spiritually. Is that God lets us get into situations where we're in over our heads. It's a misinterpretation to say that. It's a misinterpretation of this passage where it does say God's not going to let you have more than you can handle, but in the context of temptation, you will be tempted because you have an enemy. His name is Satan. We talked about this in the series in the previous weeks, and he's going to tempt you to say and do and think and be who you shouldn't. And God will never allow that temptation to become so great that you don't have the ability to say no, to push back, to resist, and go the other way. God says, I will always give you a way to escape. Okay, let's come back to the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the word evil there is often translated the evil one. Same same difference. What basically this prayer is about is God, help me to be aware that I have an enemy. Help me to be aware of what's going on inside of me, being tempted to say and do what I shouldn't and to make an unwise choice and to make this about me. God, open my eyes. Help me understand what's going on with this temptation stuff and how Satan's out to get me and my family and my marriage and how he would love to trip me up. God, help me to open my eyes to this stuff. And, and Father, help me to see the way out. Help me, help me have the strength to say no, to endure and overcome it. That is, deliver me from the evil one. Give me the strength to push back. Give me the strength to run the other way. That's what this prayer is all about. Make no mistake, we need this part of prayer. It's a, it's a part we often leave off because it's a little uncomfortable. But make no mistake about this. There is good and there is evil, and that is the context of your life and my life and the greater context of the universe. And both forces are at work in our lives and in the world around us. And we need to clue into it. And when we pray, and one of the great reasons to pray and to have a conversation with your heavenly father is to say, God, help me to, help me to see. Help me to be aware that I'm being pulled, that I have an enemy to distract me and to discourage me and to mislead me. And God, give me the strength to say no when I need to say no. And to make the wise choice when I need to make the wise choice. Because you're no match for Satan on your own. And I'm no match for Satan on my own. These, these people, oh, just drive me nuts. You're Christians going around, you know, talking about, you know, I told Satan and you tell the devil. You know, I prefer not to talk to him. Just me. I got nothing nice to say, so I'm just going to keep to myself. And I'd rather him leave me alone, too. Right? Oh, no, you tell that. Oh, no, you need to. Mm, what did Paul say? We just saw it. Those who think they stand, be careful. You're going to fall. I'm no match for Satan. <laughs> it's the spirit of God. It's the power of God. It's the supernatural, mighty power of God that does war and battle in the spiritual realms on my behalf, 
That's what we're taught in the scriptures. And so my role when I come to my Heavenly Father and our role when we come to our Heavenly Father in prayer is to say, I'm aware that there's a spiritual battle going on. Father, I'm aware. I'm aware. And I'm aware that I can get sucked into this. I'm aware that it affects me. So help me to guard my thoughts. Help me to guard my heart. Help me to pay attention to what's happening here. So basically, prayer helps us not be blindsided by temptation. Prayer. Prayer will help you interact with God's forgiveness to you while you have the strength to forgive others and help you not be blindsided by the temptation and the evil around you. Maybe here's another way. Another way to summarize this part of the Lord's Prayer, to make it very personal and put it in today's language, is to say, Father, help me see what's going on inside of me. Help me see what's going on inside of me. Help, help me see what's happening in my soul and my heart. And I, I warn you, this, this can be surprising. You might be surprised. You might be a little scared. You, you might have a very eye-opening experience when you begin to see what's really going on inside of you. We often don't take the time to go that deep. We like to stay on the surface, right? Because you go underneath and you really start peeling back the layers of what's going on in here. But see, that's what prayer does. It's deeply spiritual. You don't, you don't know what's going on inside of you. I, I, it, just, it, breaks, it just breaks my heart when I hear people misguiding thoughts and, and things that they say like, well, I know my heart. I, I know what's in my heart. I can trust my heart. I, you know, just go with your heart. And all that's, those are great movie one-liners, but it's awful truth because it's wrong. The prophet Jeremiah tells us that your heart is deceitful and you don't know it. You think you know your heart, you don't know your heart. David, King David prays, God, show me the things that are lurking around in the dark shadows of my heart that will take me down if you don't bring them to light. And I, I know it makes good books. Trust your heart. And you write songs about it and all that stuff. But no, 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 no. No, that, that's, you, you can't trust your heart. You can trust the Lord to reveal to you what's going on inside of you. So, Father... Help me see what's going on inside of me. Where do I need to ask you for forgiveness? Show me. Where do I, who do I need to forgive? Where am I asking you to forgive me and I'm not willing to forgive him or her or them? Show me. Help me see where I'm living a double standard and expecting you to do for me what I'm not willing to do for someone else. So help me see that and give me the strength to forgive them. I, I know I'll never forget it because it hurts so bad, but help me have the strength to begin to treat them as if I have forgotten. And that is a greater work and that is an act of love and that will take the help of God. Father, help me see what's going on inside of me. Help me to understand that I have an enemy and he is pulling at me and tempting me and pulling me away from what is good and wise. And may I make the God-honoring decision that honors you and, and that honors myself and that honors those whom I love and who love me. Father, help me to be aware 
that Satan would like nothing more than to play me, to use me, and throw me aside. Help me to pay attention to what's going on inside my heart. And I don't know about you, but I think what you, this is what I'm learning, and I think you'll agree when you experience it. Praying this way reminds you to pray this way. It goes back to what I said about Dallas Willard. When you pray, it reminds you to pray. Get into the rhythm of saying, God, I don't ever, ever want to grow dumb. I don't ever want to grow insensitive to what's going on inside my heart. So, Father, show me. Help me see what's going on inside me. The Lord's Prayer teaches us what to pray and how to pray when we pray. The kinds of things to pray about. Let's recap. In week one, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth that is as in heaven. In other words, Father, may your way shape what I do and say here, today. Give us this day our daily bread. We talked about this last week. In other words, Father, this is what I need today, and I trust you. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil, from the evil one. Father, help me see what's going on inside of me. This is the simplicity of prayer. This is the power of prayer. And may God help us embrace this gift of grace that we call prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for teaching us and and pulling us in to this example of prayer that you gave us, not to just repeat on a loop, saying it over and over and over again, but actually asking ourselves what it means, what it teaches us. Father, we ask that you would help us clue into what's going on inside of us because we will deceive ourselves very quickly. And we're quick to look to others. May we not expect you to do for us what we're not willing to do for each other. And may we be as forgiving to them as we want you to be for us. And help us to be aware of these issues of the heart and soul. And draw us closer to you as we pray and talk together. In Jesus' name, amen.